Hello, good morning. This is a special edition, a bonus edition of the Not The Top 20 podcast. It's Tuesday morning, 10.30am, and last night, uh, Wickham Wanderers won promotion to the championship by winning the League One playoff final, beating Oxford 2-1 at Wembley. A monstrous congratulations to Wickham Wanderers. Uh, George Ellick and myself, Ali Maxwell, just giving a recap, really. We're going to discuss the match. We're going to reflect on, on what it means for both sides. I'll be honest, it might not be our best ever analysis, this. Uh, I have my my first proper hangover uh, in about four months. Uh, and George, well, how are you feeling, George Ellick? Hungover um, in the literal sense and um, got a bit of a hangover from the game as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've felt better today, but... You know, it's better to have been in the position that situation than not be there at all. So can't, um, yeah, can't be too upset. Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, as they say. Uh, is losing a playoff final, an EFL playoff final, about as bad as it gets uh, from a fan's perspective? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think kind of moving on to talk about the game itself. I think it's probably the worst way you can lose it would be <laughs> is probably scoring an equaliser. Um, even though it was an incredibly fortuitous equaliser, let's not forget that, um, which puts you in the ascendancy. And, you know, not, um, I don't think it's biased. I'm going to try my best not to be biased in all of this, but I don't think it's biased to say that anyone watching the game, probably at that stage, especially kind of the way the, the game was going in, in kind of the five minutes after the goal, I think it basically felt like it was either going to be a draw and we were going to go to extra time or it would be Oxford who would get the get the winner. So, to concede a penalty, um, which was a product of, um, you know, Elliot Moore effectively ducking uh, for a long ball, thinking it would go through to the keeper, is such a frustratingly avoidable way to lose. Um, and that is the difficulty as well. But that's not, you know, in any way to take anything from Wickham. Um, you know, I don't agree with... There are certain people, whether it's Oxford fans or fans of other League One clubs, who seem to think that, you know, the style of play that, that Wickham employ uh, in some way detracts from the achievement. And I, I just couldn't disagree more. I think that Gareth Ainsworth and his Wickham taking on, you know, whether it's Oxford, whether it's Portsmouth, whether it's Sunderland, um, you know, these clubs with, with vastly uh, deeper pockets and big resources, you have to find the way to do the best you possibly can. And he has done that so strikingly well. And I you cannot take anything away from them. Even if, you know, for a neutral watching that game yesterday, I'm sure that they would probably think that Wickham, um, you know, were, were probably quite lucky to win in 90 minutes. Not that they deserve to lose, but in actual fact, they were so good in the first half for just restricting Oxford from creating anything. They scored from a set piece, which is what they do. I mean, that's not lucky at all. That is what they do. And then they took their chance on the break as well. Um, so yeah, massive credit to them and and I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on. I've, I've got a feeling, I mean, I don't necessarily think they're going to, um, in this guy's shock too many people in the championship, but I do think that um, in isolation, a lot of teams are going are gonna, to um, not particularly enjoy playing against them. Absolutely. They're scoring with the first corner of the game, I mean, absolute nightmare for Oxford, but just the dream start for, for Wanderers and what a delivery as always from Joe Jacobson he's just like such a almost a unique player in the EFL 
from 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 my perspective. Uh, not only has he got double figure goals this season, a lot of penalties, free kicks, and corners. Don't forget that he scores directly mm. from. They've also scored twenty five goals from set pieces, uh, second only to Rotherham in League One, and it's generally Jacobson's delivery that that begins the chaos, and then the um, the sort of desire and the aerial ability of those players in the box that that finishes it off. Um, but it was interesting as well that. Um, and this is not to detract from Jacobson, but it was interesting that most of Oxford's joy came down his side. Grimmer locked up Marcus Brown brilliantly and defended magnificently. Yeah. The centre-backs, Stewart uh, and Charles. I mean, Stewart's going to get the headlines, not only for the goal. I'm actually not sure if it's been given to him or not, but let's let's say it's his goal. Um, but also with last-ditch tackles, probably on one, two, maybe even three occasions, stopping what would have been not not definitively goals for Oxford, but certainly big, big chances. Um, but I wanted mm. to shout out Grimmer as well. But it, there was joy down the left side, uh, Wickham's left side, that is. So it, it's 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 a funny. Jacobson's just a just a funny player, isn't he? Like take away the set pieces, and I I honestly don't know how you would what level you would judge him at as a as a defender. Uh, he doesn't in open play have huge scope because of the system to, to bomb on, to get forward, to overlap. He does deliver from deep sometimes, but he doesn't really bomb on in, in the manner of a, of a modern fullback. And yet his value to this team is is right up there with anyone else. Um, Oxford, as you said, just didn't get into any rhythm uh, in the first half. That was credit to, to Wickham's midfield, who were breaking up play quite well. And then, as you say, a fortuitous goal. I mean, it wasn't the first time that there was an opening down the right-hand side, a, a chance to cross. And as it left Sykes's foot, I think um, I, we were together watching this one. I, I audibly groaned because I could tell immediately. You could tell by the way it moved off his foot. Bessie shanked it. That yeah. it wasn't going to Matt Taylor, who was streaking clear through the middle um, and obviously looped in. So very, very fortunate goal. And, and then, yeah, you mentioned the mistake by Moore. I will just mention absolutely unbelievable speed from Onya Dimmer. If you see where he was yeah. at the moment the ball got played forward, he didn't even start sprinting until more ducked, more or less. Absolutely amazing. And, and what a performance in the playoffs from Onya Dinma, who has had a frustrating season with injury. Um, I said on the pod yesterday that it would be one of the biggest achievements that we've covered if Wickham were to be promoted. I think it might actually be number one. I don't want to overreact mm. to, you know, recency bias. And I, and I am also very aware that Burton, who in terms of size of club and budget were probably pretty similar. They won back-to-back back to back automatic promotions from League to the, to the Championship. But there's just something about the fact that in June, in 442 magazine, written by us, uh, Wickham were, were predicted to be relegated. Um, what I'm going to say next is part excuse and part actually something to explain to those who, who haven't followed this story that closely why even this season in isolation is an incredible season. Because... At that time that we had to submit those predictions, I think it was June the 25th, 26th. So there's still six weeks before the season. Um, they had 10 or 11 players on the books, Wickham. They'd actually had to release a few players uh, and, and a couple hadn't signed new contracts le- yet. It was quite well known within circles, if you will, that they were going to have to cut their playing budget, already small for League One standards, by about 30%. So they were having to reduce the quality and the personnel in, in a team that had survived by three points the year before. That's where they were at in June. The investment came from the Kuig family. And by the way, A, has has any investment ever been better in football? Like, do you think... <laughs> I don't know the exact figures. I don't know how much money they put in. But 
Has a manager ever done more with a small injection of cash, by the way? Absolutely unbelievable. Um, the Guardian Angel, Rob Kuig, uh, brought the playing budget, budget back up. Ainsworth didn't waste a penny. Um, and uh, from 11 players under contract in late June, now we have this squad of players that have won promotion. Um, individually, all of these Wiccan players have really amazing stories as well. Um, Adebayo Akinfemua is getting all of the social media attention, um, which is what happened uh, a few years ago when he was promoted with Wimbledon as well. I think it's, you know, we tend to focus on the footballing side of things. It's definitely worth pointing out that in terms of Wickham's playoff campaign, he was not in the top 11 players of importance for this Wickham side. Came off the bench in all, in all three games, um, you know, and did a good job to to be a nuisance. But but essentially, it's his teammates who have, who have won promotion, not really Bayo Akinfenwa. Uh, it's incredible that at 38, he might get his first shot ever in the championship. And in, <laughs> and in reading up this morning, I found out, George, that he scored the winner in the 2001 Lithuanian Cup final, which is absolutely wow. unbelievable. I wasn't even 10 years old then. 2001 Lithuanian <laughs> Cup final, Bayo scored the winner. He also won the 2002-2003 Welsh Premier League and Welsh Cup double with Barry Town. So... God. Regardless of how important I think he was to the playoff campaign, it's a hell of a it's a hell of a career, um, and it's just an amazing effort from everyone at the club as well. I wanted to shout out Matt Cecil, who is the media manager, the media czar. He works harder than any media officer and produces better content than almost anyone else I can think of. And he's also uh, with the media. Uh, as press officers go, absolutely magnificent, very welcoming, very open. I think we've had more Wickham guests than any club uh, in the EFL <laughs> on this podcast over the last four years. Uh, my last thing I want to say about Wickham, and it's, I said this season in isolation is incredible. Over the last seven seasons, I think it's worth reminding ourselves what's happened to this club. In 2013-14, they stayed up on the final day in League Two on goal difference. They were, they were kept in the EFL. The next season, they got to the playoff final and lost on penalties to South End. So they've experienced playoff final heartbreak uh, five years ago. In 15-16 and 16-17, they finished in mid-table, 13th and 9th, basically. And in 2017-18, they were promoted automatically. Along with, by the way, Luton, who are currently in the Championship. Coventry, who have just won promotion to the Championship. <laughs> uh, and Accrington, who have stayed in League Two those seasons as well. So as as a... As a what's a what's a group of four called? As a, quad a quartet. Yeah, there you go. As a quartet of clubs to come up from League Two, those four have really done done us proud. A uh, seventeenth last year, just three points above the relegation zone, and, and promoted this year. Absolutely magnificent, and and it's their it's their culture, isn't it? That's that's the most important thing, and it sometimes stuff like this can be overplayed. And a lot of clubs claim to have a culture, and maybe they're just sort of. Maybe they're over-exaggerating, but that, that is it at Wickham and you can't really manufacture it. And I think it kind of stems from Gareth Ainsworth, who's just someone who we think is just an absolute miracle worker. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to echo that. Um, you know, yesterday was, was the product of a lot of hard work. And, you know, you mentioned, mentioned Bayo and you have to give him credit, but the important thing is looking at across that whole squad because it's a small squad and what they've done this season. And, and you yeah, know, given to the way they bounced back from what it was a very, a poor run of form, you know, they went into January, they came into the new year, top of, of League One, and then had to deal with a run of form that, that meant they were in eighth position when, when football ended. Um, so to rally themselves, to dust themselves off and come into the playoff campaign 
and you know go through three games winning two and drawing one um yeah they are they are the rightful team you know people have an issue with the, the fact the playoffs went ahead um i'm very very tired of, of seeing peterborough fans um boring on on twitter talking about how um you know the, the playoffs shouldn't have gone ahead and the promotion doesn't count where well, they're going to get a bit of a shock next season when they see we're playing in, in the championship um but you know for coventry and rotherham who were promoted on the back of their early season form i mean there's always going to be a slight question mark as to me you assume Coventry would have done. But for Wickham, you know, they had to they had to get promotion, promoted by merit after that break. And they did that. Yeah. So, you know, no no one I, I don't know if anyone's trying to take it away from them, but if they do, then I'm saying they can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um they're in the championship next season. A stat that I saw on, on Twitter, Christian Goodbrand uh making the point that uh, of the fifteen players that played in the playoff final for Wickham uh, they've made a total of 81 appearances uh, in the second tier or higher. That's more than half of them were Fred Onyadinma, who who came through at Millwall, of course. 43 appearances in the second tier for him. Allsop and Grimmer, the only other two in uh, in double figures. So um, they have been on an incredible journey together. It's going to be really interesting to see what scope there is for investment. Uh, recruitment, I should say, really, in the summer. Um I, I don't know for sure if everything is staying the same in, in terms of TV revenue. There's a lot still up in the air across the EFL, of course, and we mustn't be blinded by that fact just because we've got football to watch. Um, generally, the the difference in revenue just from the TV deal in going up from the League One to the Championship is, I think, £6 million. It's really interesting to see how they go about things uh, and see how they have for this mm. team because that they have been pigeonholed as a team that just hoops it up to Akin Fenwa. Well, he didn't start any of the three games in the playoffs. Um, they do yeah. play. They do play direct, um, but they've actually got much better technical attacking players than anyone. Well, not anyone than than most people give them credit for. The likes of Wheeler and um, and Onya Dimmer, of course, and uh, and players like that. And their midfield players like Gape uh, are and Thompson, uh, Patterson, who was really energetic off the bench as well. Um, basically, everyone has contributed, and it's just magnificent. From an Oxford perspective, I've basically got two questions for you. Uh, one is is your your reflections on a season that that started with you very very worried uh, in the summer that things were going to go terribly wrong, that saw some unbelievable cup experiences and some magnificent runs in the league as well, uh, but ended in basically the worst thing that can happen to a fan: defeating <laughs> the playoff final and staying in the division next year. It has been an unbelievable season. Like that's kind of I, well, I tweeted last night just saying that's the thing. I mean, this is it comes down to promotion, and that is the be all and end all here. And and I understand that, but at the same time, there are memories from this season that you know you wouldn't swap for anything. Watching Matt Taylor equalising against Man City, watching your team have the most shots against Pep Guardiola team, watching your team beating West Ham, a Premier League side with. 200 million quid's worth of transfer fees on the pitch, 4-0. You know, it's been incredible. And there are, there, you know, there are other markers to a season's success than the end. I'm not in any way trying to downplay how much, you know, we wanted to go up and get promoted. But, you know, looking at the season from afar now, um, even though it's we're going to be playing in the same division next season, it's been an absolute, you know, it's 9.5 out of 10. And a win yesterday would have been 10 out of 10. And if anyone has a problem with that, then uh, then, then they can they can let me know. But, um, and, but yeah, it's been it's been phenomenal. And how, if you can set aside what is 
uh, a lot of raw emotion. Uh, how do you look forward to next season in League One? Uh, a lot up in the air with certain players who are going to be coveted by by teams in the Championship. We're led to believe the likes of Dicky, potentially Brannigan, uh, a lot of lone players who may go back. Um, but ultimately, compared maybe to last summer, um, would you have more confidence now in in this Oxford side and and in Carl Robinson as a manager? Um. Well, I've definitely got more confidence in, in Carl than I did last year. I mean, that's not hard. And um, I think I've had to eat a bit of humble pie with him. Uh, I'm not the only one, though. Um, I think next season, League One looks very difficult. Um, I think this chance that Oxford and Wickham had yesterday was a bit of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get into the Championship with, with such ease. I mean, obviously, there's every chance we could go and have a good season next season. But if you look at the teams, we don't know what's going to be happening with the salary cap. It's worth pointing out. But, you know... Peterborough, Pompey, Sunderland, Ipswich, you can, can guarantee will be expecting automatic promotion next season as kind of a bare minimum. You've got Barnsley looking like they're going to be coming down, who I expect to be very, very strong again, as they were last time they came down. If we can come down, having been a mid-table championship team, then um, you know, so long as they get their off-field issues sorted out, then they'll obviously be very strong. Luton have looked like the other one who could be coming down. And they've got Nathan Jones at the helm again and have been very good since he came in. It looks to me like a really, really strong um, League One. And then we haven't even mentioned the likes of Swindon, Crewe, Plymouth, who will all, and even Cobblers, who will all have aspirations to kick on. And we've seen recently that some teams can make that step up very easily. So, um, you know, irrespective of, of the way that we strengthen, um, you know, Rob Dickey, I'm sure, will we'll move on. But Rob Atkinson is waiting in the wings to step in there. So that should be pretty seamless. Brannigan will be the one who will be very hard to replace. Um, and I'll be interested to see who is brought in to do that. Um, and I just hope Matty Taylor signs. But, you know, I, I think right now, if you offered me sixth position at the end of next season, I would absolutely rip your hand off. So... Um, We'll see how the squad looks in a, in, in a few months. Well, we have just over one week left until the championship regular season finishes. We will have some championship playoff action, uh, but things will finish quite soon. And then we can start looking forward, uh, zoom out a bit and look forward to next season and, and start to work out how on earth it's all going to look, to be honest. Um, lastly, just a shout out to, to Wickham one more time. Huge congratulations on your promotion to the championship. We cannot wait yeah. to cover you in the championship next season i'm so thrilled for everyone connected to the club i know you are as well george and uh, despite the, the the tough the tough situation for yourself um and also just a shout out to the fans uh, who had owned wick and wanderers uh, as a fan-owned club one of not very many uh, in the english football pyramid we'd probably like to see more of them in general but the wick and fans who had steered the club away from a lot of difficulties um as mentioned that that potential relegation to non-league where they stayed up on final day you have to look back and say that was a pivotal moment for the club the fans took them or steered them up into league one with with Ainsworth um, and then basically reached a point where they realized they with that model it was going to be very difficult to compete um, as discussed the budgets were going to be slashed they needed outside investment I can only imagine how difficult it is for a fan-owned club to give away some of that control once they have it. Um, I think every group, every fans group, every fans trust would want to have a lot of control in their club because they have the best interests at heart to give away some of that to Rob Kuig, um and, uh, and to let him, well, to let him in inject some money into the club, uh, 
but can't have necessarily been certain about how that would go and what that would mean for them losing some control. Uh, this is vindication, really. Uh, and a lot of those players out on the pitch would not have been playing for Wickham last night uh, had it not been for that investment. So congratulations to the Cooigs as well. But also just wanted to give a nod to, to those who made the tough decision to, to give away some of that control. Um, Wickham are a championship club. We will be talking again on the Going Up, Going Down pod in two days' time. Uh, stay tuned for that on Thursday afternoon. Uh, we'll do a betting show as well on Friday. We hope you've enjoyed this League One playoff final recap. Uh, let us know what you think at NTT20pod and uh, we'll talk again soon.